Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Joining me today is Bryce Hill, Senior Policy Analyst at the Illinois Policy Institute. Experts nationwide are focused on the great resignation. But what does that phenomenon look like here in Illinois? Bryce, thanks for joining me today to discuss this topic. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so what is the great resignation? Great resignation really refers to something that we saw start back around March of 2021 where we saw an abnormally large spike in the number of individuals who were quitting their jobs for whatever reason. Uh, And it wasn't just an isolated event. It's persisted for a few months, settled down throughout the summer. And now as we move back into fall, uh, we're seeing record numbers of individuals across the United States quit their jobs. 4.3 million Americans quit their jobs in August, 201,000 of those coming from Illinois. There are a bunch of different reasons why people would do that, but why is this happening in your opinion? Because I know you've studied these numbers a lot. Uh, the biggest reason is, is pretty simple. There's just so many job opportunities out there that somebody who uh, either is you know looking for a change or unhappy in their current job or might just want to see what all is out there uh, can afford to do so. This is one of the rare times where employees kind of have an upper hand over employers. Employers are looking to hire extremely high rates right now. And in doing so, they have to offer better wages, salaries, more flexible schedules uh, in order to accommodate and attract workers. Uh, And many people are taking advantage of that. But that gets to a really interesting point. And I know you just pulled this out in your most recent research. And, and this is the stat that I really was compelled by here. So you wrote that Illinois is just one of eight states that has more unemployed people than job openings. So that's kind of different from the narrative that you were just spelling out, right? Yeah, nationwide, there are more job openings than people available to fill them. But in Illinois and a few other handful of states, that's not the case. There's actually more unemployed individuals than than jobs available. So uh, while in virtually every other part of the country, there's a labor shortage and employers are scrambling to find workers, that's not what's happening in the state of Illinois. Why might that be, in your opinion? A couple of reasons. So the first would be Illinois has got one of the highest unemployment rates in the nation already, six highest, uh, 6.8%, two full percentage points higher than the national average. So that kind of keeps the stock of unemployed individuals looking for work higher. Uh, the next is that prior to COVID, prior to the pandemic and the downturn associated with it, Illinois' employment growth was much lower than virtually every other state in the Midwest and the rest of the nation for you know the past decade or so, leaving fewer job opportunities in the state. So even though businesses in the state right now are hiring at roughly the same rate uh, as elsewhere throughout the nation, there just weren't as many jobs available in Illinois pr- prior to any of this happening. And there were more unemployed individuals prior to any of this happening that the numbers just haven't worked out for the state of Illinois. Why, even before the pandemic, was Illinois' economic growth behind everyone else? Two large reasons were one, uh, you have sort of a, a regionality factor of that of, of this. So 
Western and Southern states have been growing faster uh, than Northeastern and Midwestern states. But even within the Midwest, Illinois is growing slower uh, because population isn't growing as fast here. More people are moving out of the state than moving into the state. Uh, birth rates and death rates are getting closer and closer to each other. So we're really reliant on migration for population growth and people are moving out of the state rather than moving into the state. And then uh, the, the second component of that is the reason why that's happening is that the state's just not doing much in return for taxpayers and businesses to want to stay in the state. So we have the third highest property tax burden in the nation. We've had two record income tax hikes in the past 10 years. Uh, this really unstable environment has made it untenable for many businesses and families alike. Who is this actually affecting? Because, you know, anecdotally, you hear a lot of different things. So I have friends who are also working moms who, to your point earlier, have maybe been in situations where they didn't have the kind of flexibility that they wanted. Uh, the pay wasn't what they wanted, whatever their reasons. Uh, but a couple of my friends have been in that situation and they've actually been able to take a different job somewhere else to get the working conditions they want. But I, I can't imagine that that's the case for everyone here in Illinois. I mean, what, what are some of the other things that are going on here and, and who is this, this unemployment issue really hitting the hardest? So the unemployment issue is hitting uh, people lower in the income in distribution. So when you look relative to pre-pandemic, actually, all the jobs that were still missing are concentrated among uh, lower income individuals, people earning $27,000 or less, uh, their employment is actually down about 40% uh, across the state, whereas middle income earners and upper income earners are roughly at the same employment levels or even slightly higher. Uh, so those are who the unemployment situation is affecting most. Uh, when, we, when we talk about who's quitting their jobs, things like that, there's likely a large mix. So it's likely a lot of those individuals, uh, but there's also probably even, even more individuals who are more educated, higher income earners who are just, you know, maybe not even necessarily even missing a paycheck when they decide to quit their jobs right now. They're just switching from one job to another, or in the event that they are missing a paycheck, they can afford to do so because for the past year and a half or so, we've seen, you know, record stimulus given to people. You have things like increased child tax credits that have really helped families out. Uh, but all those things have built up a cushion to where, you know, people who have been employed this entire time uh, can really now afford to start looking elsewhere and weighing their options. Yeah, I think what I'm trying to figure out is, is what should we actually think about the great resignation, you know, nationally, but then also here at home in Illinois, because when you look at the stat that we discussed at the top here, you know, Illinois being one of just eight states that has more unemployed people than there are jobs to be had. If I were someone who had quit my job, maybe that stat freaks me out a little bit, you know, kind of playing um, uh, musical chairs for the job situation here. But what what's really going on? Yeah, I think nationally, the great resignation is probably being viewed, you know, it's very new, but I would say that it has been positively received. Generally, a good thing when, uh, for especially for workers, when they are having the upper hand, are able to 
garner things like higher wages, a more flexible schedule, better benefits. Uh, so nationally, I would say that it's probably going to work out to be something that is is good. And if it's actually sustained, could change the way employer-employee relationships look throughout the United States for the foreseeable future. In Illinois, it's uncertain at best how it's going to play out. Because there are so many more uh, job, uh, there are so many fewer job opportunities relative to those looking to fill them, there's not the same pressure to offer better pay and benefits for, for an employee. So that can manifest itself in one of two ways. Either employees in the state are going to take these lower offers and get back to work and trade lesser pay or something else for uh, the security of, of a job, or uh, Illinoisans are going to look to outside options, options outside of the state of Illinois uh, for, for these higher returns for their employment, this trade for their time. Uh, so we already see people moving out of the state for the past decade or so, more people moving out than in, resulting in population loss. Uh, that could be exacerbated by this. As more people are looking for jobs and they are not finding them in the state of Illinois or they're not finding the kind of offers that they want in the state of Illinois. It could really exacerbate how many people are moving to other states and we could wind up with uh, an increase in outmigration as people are moving to where the jobs are. I want to get into the outmigration phenomenon a little bit more in a minute, but before we switch gears to, you know, I, in your analysis, you also did show that the state of Illinois added, not the state, job creators in the state added 9,300 jobs in September. And you broke that down by industry. So the biggest job gains were recognized in the leisure and hospitality industry, um, construction, Government added 900 jobs. I guess my question to you is, is this where jobs are growing in other states across the country? Um, or are some of these numbers a little bit different from what you'd see elsewhere? Obviously, there's going to be some variability from state to state. But is this what you'd expect to see in terms of the growing industries? Yeah, it's very much in line. And it's not even necessarily growth, though. So this is you know, we're still a long ways off from the reco full recovery uh, from April of 2020. So uh, the state of Illinois is missing, you know, essentially 330,000 jobs compared to pre-pandemic levels. So most of the industries that are still growing uh, and are growing the most right now are industries that were hit the hardest and are still the farthest off from their full employment levels. So these are pretty much in line with expectations and for the foreseeable future, those are going to continue to be the industries that, that see the most jobs growth just because to get back to where they were pre-pandemic, that's where the job growth or the job growth is going to, to go. There's already that infrastructure there. There's already that demand there. So very much for the foreseeable future, these trends are going to, going to continue and they're happening uh, not just in Illinois, not just in the Midwest, nationwide, essentially. Let's go back to before the pandemic and talk about jobs growth nationwide, because I know that this is something you've been studying for a long time. So historically, how does Illinois compare with the rest of the country in terms of job growth? Let's talk about maybe the past decade. And, you know, once you give us the context for Illinois' placement compared to other states, 
let's get into what states are growing the fastest and what states are shrinking the fastest and what are the policy implications for the growth uh, across the board? In terms of uh, just purely the number of people in, in states and population trends, Illinois is one of only uh, three states that have seen population declines, uh, the other two being West Virginia and Connecticut. So census to census, 2010 to 2020, uh, that was the trend there. Uh, the job growth numbers closely mirror that of population. They're obviously inextricably linked. So among the Midwestern states, Illinois job growth was near the bottom. The economy is growing about 20% slower than the rest of the Midwest when you look at the past couple of decades. So everything in Illinois growing much slower, not only in a national comparison, but even when you look to the Midwest, um, it's really important to look into, into just the Midwestern states because you have so much regionality in, in population trends and in economic trends. Um, whereas you know the Midwest and Northeast, like I was saying before, are kind of these laggard uh, sections of the, of the country right now, uh, just because population growth is going and migration is going so much to the, to the West and to the South. Uh, even among that group of states and kind of lowering expectations, so to speak, Illinois is underperforming. You and I are both Ohio kids. How do we compare it to our home state? Uh, Ohio is doing marginally better, still growing, still outpacing Illinois and it comes to economic growth, but we're squarely middle of the pack, lower, lower half for Ohio. So as much as I love Ohio and would like to see the opposites, it's not the case right now, at least, but still a much more positive scenario in the state of Ohio than, than in Illinois because there's still actually growth occurring. Yeah, I think there are a lot of similarities between our two states, you know, especially when you think about. So I, I've spent a lot of time in Cleveland. I have some friends who live there in the suburbs and it just feels the same as here in a lot of ways. I think you could take a Cleveland suburb and it would be pretty similar to about any other suburb in the Chicago area. Um, but I think Cleveland and Chicago have a lot of the same problems over time too. These were big bustling cities that for a long time were hubs of job growth and, and industry. And now they're both experiencing like this great reckoning where their, their services are declining, their populations declining. They've got a lot of financial issues. Are there, are there a lot of, um, cities throughout the Midwest. I mean, you look at Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, are these areas facing a lot of the same challenges economically? Absolutely. Um, so I think that those are probably the three best comparisons. Cleveland, Detroit, and Chicago are you know, obviously former manufacturing heavyweights, uh, right squarely in the Rust Belt. Uh, kind of had this boom in the 19, early 1900s, uh, massive influx of immigrants, um, rapid population growth, and then have since been, been hit with all of the troubles of the Great Recession and these financial issues that have come from decades of, of mismanagement. Um, so uh, very similar. I would say the thing that sets Chicago apart from the other two, though, is Chicago is also uh, beyond just a manufacturing center is also a tech center. It's also got a dense uh, concentration of a highly skilled workforce, you know, Fortune 500 companies located there. You know, it's a very cutting edge, innovative 
city uh, more so I would say than than Detroit or Cleveland. There's just you know world class universities in in Chicago, multiple of them. You know the the workforce is there for for really any type of employer uh, can have a pool of applicants or a pool of workers there that that meet their needs. So that's the one distinguishing factor where when you compare those three cities, Chicago comes out looking a little bit better. But then also when you start looking into other Midwestern cities, uh, you have cities like Indianapolis, Columbus, who are also centered around universities, also are probably considered to be tech hubs, you know, even to a lesser extent. When you look at Champaign, Illinois, University of Illinois, uh, lots of companies look there for talent too. So when you have other, these are other competing cities, I think for the future are maybe better comparisons and, and are going to be competing with, with Chicago as destinations for attracting people, businesses, uh, and where a lot of the future growth is going to go that's diverted from Illinois or Chicago. Yeah, it's really interesting that you bring up these sort of second tier Midwestern cities. I, you know, there have been a few major trends that media have glommed onto throughout the pandemic, right? So the one of the first ones was this phenomenon of people exiting major cities like New York or LA or Chicago and moving to these smaller cities where they can still get a lot of the same experiences at a, a much more affordable cost of living. So there was this big shift to smaller Midwestern cities because people can work remotely too. I mean, that barrier is removed. So it's interesting that you bring that up, um, the potential for growth in these other areas. Why is the cost so much more manageable? And it is obvious. There are some obvious answers here. You know, Chicago is a much harder, hotter real estate market. There's just a lot baked into why, but long-term things like property taxes in Chicago are much, much higher than in a lot of these smaller cities. What are some of the other financial factors that people are taking into consideration? I think a lot of the factors are, uh, you know, you look at uh, beyond just the amenities that you're getting and what you're paying for, for rents or a house or something like that. Long-term, you're looking at what are your future job prospects like? So when you don't see many new jobs or, you know, a shrinking number of jobs in an area, that's, that's a red flag. Uh, when you look at what home prices have done, home prices are elevated uh, in Chicago and the, in the Chicago suburbs for sure. Uh, but when you look at trends as to, you know, do homeowners that decide to buy or see much of a return on their investment, that's not always the case in Chicago. Uh, and, you know, keeping up with things like property taxes that rise year after year, what kind of services do, do you get in return? What do you, you know, your schools and your parks and your city and municipal services look like are, are all things that are going to factor into that. I think uh, other Midwestern states, you don't necessarily have, you know, so many redundancies in, in local governments. You have 7,000 layers of overlapping units of local government in Illinois, um, much more consolidated in, in other states. You have obviously more space when it comes to room to grow. And when you look at the Chicago suburbs versus uh, other Midwestern states, there's you know a little, lot less population density. There's there's more room uh, to grow out than there is uh, in in Chicago, which has been you know largely developed, and you know all the development that happens is farther and farther and farther away from the city center. Uh, so you have a whole host of things that are are going to be determinants of 
uh, why living arrangements are going to be preferable um, elsewhere or could be preferable elsewhere compared to Chicago. So if you were given a crystal ball, let's pretend that you can see the future. What do you think is going to be the next big trend in terms of the economic recovery from the pandemic and how are we, but how should we prepare for that here in Illinois? The next big trend I think will be not necessarily a trend, but uh, the biggest question is going to be what, to what extent do employers and employees alike embrace uh, remote work and, and virtual settings. Um, So Cities are definitely not going anywhere. The question I think it becomes how much interaction are, are Americans going to have with each other? How close do we need to be uh, to where we work or how, many, how often do we need to be in the office? You know, there are still issues with, with telecommuting. There's still issues with Zoom or, or whatever software you're using to communicate uh, that many employers don't prefer online versus face-to-face contact. So if we kind of have a reverse back to uh, to pre-pandemic, you know, way of, of doing business. We're already trending in that, in the, the direction of, you know, virtual work and things like that. But as long as there's still that component, I think we're going to see kind of a bounce back and continued recovery of, of larger cities. But then I think also that mid-sized cities are going to come out the winners long-term here, because as you said, there's, there's the same amenities, uh, you have similar quality applicants coming out of many mid-sized cities centered around universities. And so that combined with, with lower cost of doing business, lower cost of living are just going to be really attractive options for businesses and families alike. So I would say, you know, the next 10, 20 years, I'd say we're going to see kind of the rise of, of the mid-sized American city versus uh, you know, a return to like a metropolis like Chicago or New York City. So how does Chicago avoid the fallout from from something like that if that were to materialize as you're suggesting? Uh, I think in a variety of ways, one, um, looking more like those cities, a mid-sized city versus a major metropolis. So trying to keep as many students as possible in in Illinois. Illinois' student population has been declining for the past several years. Uh, that's a trend that doesn't bode well for the state's economy or for you know, potential families or businesses looking, looking to move there. If you don't have the applicants or the graduates for, for the workforce that, of the future, then it's going to be tough to be the spot that employers want to be for the long haul. Uh, so keeping, maintaining and attracting new students is going to be huge. Uh, I think the the next thing is uh, Illinois has what's regarded as some of the best school districts, specifically in Chicago, uh, public schools, uh, you know, quality education and parks and things like that. So there, there's already a, a high level of amenities uh, in Chicago and the suburbs, and you can kind of get a blend of, of both of these things, both the mid-sized city uh, kind of environment, while also still being able to take the metro down to the city and work in the city center. So I think that, uh, you know, making sure that we're keeping up with local service provision, not letting things like 
the state's unfunded pension liabilities and the pension crisis crowd out what are supposed to be funds for things that are going to raise the quality of life in a, in a city. Those are going to be majorly important to maintaining and attracting new businesses, families, young adults uh, uh, to Chicago and Illinois. You mentioned um, public transit and that services role in maintaining Chicago's vibrancy as a metropolitan hub. And, and you also brought up this idea of, you know, making sure that debt and things like pensions don't crowd out funding for those resources. I think that's a huge challenge that, that no one's really tackling right now. I mean, I'm biased here because I take the Metro into the city. Um, but service is is not good to put it mildly. There are a lot of issues with trains being on time. Uh, the conductors are fantastic and most of them are really nice people who do a really good job. This is not on them. But you know, they there are a lot of excuses for why trains are late. They call it a mechanical failure. I think that's ended up being code for maybe some of the same challenges that lots of businesses are facing, which is finding the workers to to do the job. So I think, you know, we're talking about trends. I think transit's going to be something that we need to pay attention to as well. There aren't as many trains operating and the trains that do operate don't operate on time. And that deters people who may be asked to come back downtown from wanting to commute. So that might, you know, add to this trend of the great resignation even more. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely going to be part of it. Public transit, especially in the wake of COVID-19, is seen as, you know, an inherently riskier proposition than before. Uh, so there's lots of skepticism about, you know, is it safe or is it unsafe to, to resume public transit? And for large cities that are reliant on public transit to get the workforce to and from work, uh, that's going to be a huge question mark for, you know, what do uh, customer preferences look like? How do commuters view their safety and are they willing to get back on the train or not? Um, so that's going to be a huge factor going forward. All right. Well, Bryce, it's always nice to talk with you. I really appreciate you looking into your crystal ball and also sharing the analysis that you've uh, put together as you've studied the economy and jobs growth in particular. So thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit illinoispolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.